This is your soul. This is your spirit. It, it, it specifically uses the Greek word for spirit, which is pneuma, and soul, which is suke. Uh, and we use those particular words. And it means to use those particular words. And if you understand when it's using those words, then you then uh, see if you use them interchangeably, then you kind of it becomes muddy, right? Then everything the doctrine's not clear, it's not concise, it's not not it's not uh, uh, as accurate as it should be. Uh, but if you understand the difference between those, well, it, it took him thirty years to figure that out, uh, and uh, and then of course he wrote many books about about that. Uh, and nowadays we oh yeah that's obvious you know uh, you know we all, oh yeah that's easy you know, but it took him thirty years to figure it out. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, and so. You know, uh, it's nice Then we can uh, probably in an hour you could read his book on spirit, soul and body. And um, uh, so we don't have to spend 30 years to figure that out. So we could spend our 30 years figuring out other things. Amen. Add to that knowledge. Right. So we don't have to, you know, a lot of people will go back and only read Brother Hagen and never really add anything that Brother Hagen has taught. Um, uh, And I think that's a mistake. I don't think uh, I don't think we're supposed to keep our doctrine only end our doctrine at what somebody else learned. We're all supposed to learn the things that we're supposed to learn and add it to the things that, that our forefathers have taught us, amen? And so that we add to the general revelation that, this, that the church uh, operates with, amen? Because didn't Jesus say that upon this rock of revelation, you know, this, this revelation, uh, he was going to build his church, and so the church is supposed to be built upon progressive revelation. And so we should all learn more than our previous generation knew about everything, really. And so... We learned what they learned, and we, we, we don't uh, act like, well, we knew it all. Uh, you know, I don't know anything. I didn't learn nothing, and uh, everything I've learned got it from somebody else, and, you know, then I'll add to that. Uh, but I thank God for the, uh, and, you know, in fact, I was just thinking um, just yesterday about uh, I was with my pastor for 20 years, and uh, you've heard many stories about my pastor, uh, you know, good things and some things maybe he shouldn't have done. Uh, but you know, I'm very thankful for the things I did learn from him, that he loved the Spirit of God. And, uh, and I learned to appreciate uh, the working with the Spirit of God in ministry and working with the Spirit of God in my day-to-day life. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't have learned that if I hadn't gone to his church and, and been a part of his ministry. Uh, and I say I, I wouldn't have, you know, if I, if I had, I, it would have taken me a lot longer to learn it. Uh, but because he loved it so much and he taught it so much, it really... Uh, uh, added that to my faith, uh, and you know I don't know where I would be if if I hadn't had that in my life. You know, um, you know I'm, I'm I'm intelligent enough I can read the Bible and put together a message, but would I have done it just in my own strength and my own knowledge and my own intellect if if I hadn't been with Him all of those years? You know I don't know. I'm, I'm, but the Lord sent me there, so I'm assuming that the Lord would have figured out how to how to fix me. You know, but. Uh, um, not that I was just wrong, it just, you know, he, that was my path. He wanted me to go there. He told me to go and be with my pastor because I had to learn some things. And one of the great things I needed to learn was about the Spirit of God and how to work with the Spirit of God. Uh, and so, so we finished up chapter 8, and, and we're going to get ready to, to, to begin chapter 9 here. So why don't we open up in a word of prayer today. So, Father, we thank you uh, for this day. We thank you for the Spirit of God that does live on the inside of us, that, that speaks to us. He reveals things to us. He's our teacher. He's our instructor. And so, Father, we depend upon the Spirit of God to teach and instruct. And as he does, Father, we will learn uh, and listen, Father. Uh, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so uh, this chapter is called the, the Bible or Christian Science. And so <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Uh, and um, 
and so if you remember in her and in, in her testimony in Dr. Yeoman's testimony uh, that uh, she'd grown up as a, as a uh, I guess, well, uh, her parents weren't really Christians, but somewhere along the way she did get involved in Christian church, but then she got sick. She got, uh, uh, well, she didn't get sick so much. She got um, hooked on, on morphine, right? She got addicted to morphine. And then other things, right? Other things that, uh, I don't know if they're still called that anymore, but she got addicted to, to, uh, to strong medication uh, because she had such a drive. Her personality was, 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 you know, they said she had an A personality. Remember, they can do those personality tests, which I'm not a big fan of those personality tests because they put people in a box, you know, uh, because, you know, and, I, and I've taken those personality tests before and I look at an answer, it's like, every, I mean, every time they ask a question, it's like, well, the answer well, it depends. You know, would you do this or this? I'm thinking, it depends. Who's, who's there? What, what's, you know, what time of day is it? Uh, what's my options, you know, I mean, so, uh, you know, I, I rarely can say I would always do it this way, you know, now some things that are doctrinal, you know, I'd always do it that way, but a lot of things, it's like, I don't really have a preference, you know, my preference on how I would respond to something depends on the person, depends on the circumstance, depends on the time of day and what's going on, I mean, uh, and to put me in a box and maybe and to make me answer a question like that, uh, you know, uh, and, and maybe I'm unique, I don't know, in that, but, um, uh, and so, uh, so she was a type A personality. In other words, she was just going all the time. She was just one of these go-getters. And, and they said she was that way in her 80s until really the end of her life. Uh, and uh, sometimes when people do that, they, it's almost a machine. They feel like they have to be that way. So, you know, for her, she couldn't just relax and not do anything. Uh, and that, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, over the years that I've learned about the Lord is that, you know, sometimes you've got to be still and be quiet. Uh, with the Lord. Now, you know, I'm kind of a uh, 100% kind of person, right? I mean, I'm go all the time. You know, I, you know, I don't, uh, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know, I don't just lollygag around, you know, and whatever, whatever, you know. Uh, and I'll even tell my kids sometimes, hey, it's a five-minute job. That shouldn't take an hour, you know. Get on, get after it. And, uh, and um, uh, but, uh, but I'm always after it. And, and, but, you know, I could just sit down and just do nothing sometimes. And I, and I remember, uh, uh, I was watching my pastor because I was always I was always one to watch him to to because the Lord said that I had things to learn so I had, I watched him all the time whatever he's doing I was watching him and I was just watching him one day he's just sitting on the front row before service just not doing anything and and the Lord asked me a question he said you know what he's thinking right now or you know what he's thinking about right now I said no Lord what's he thinking about right now uh, he said nothing he's just sitting there in peace just just I'm thinking how's that even possible sit there and think about nothing you know. Uh, and um, uh, we were in, in Gatlinburg one time, and they went to this one little, one little uh, shop that had this little game there that you put this little thing on your, on your head, you know, uh, and, and you're supposed to compete with somebody else. You put something on your head, they put something on their head, and it would measure your brain waves, and, and, and so you had to be, and to win, you had to be as calm as possible. Uh, and and so, uh, so I thought, man, I can do this, you know. So me and my wife got there, you know, she was on one side, I was on the other side, uh, and... Uh, and the thing said go, and and so I'm, you know, I thought, well, I'll just I'll be, you know, be easy right there, right? Uh, and then they showed hers like flatline, just, you know, it's like wow, call a medic, you know? Uh, and it just easy, she beat me like crazy. I wasn't even on the chart, you know, just nothing, just zero, you know? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I thought, well, I've got some, I've got some uh, practicing to do there. Uh, so, you know, it is okay to learn how to how to be at rest and be at peace. Jesus was at peace. You know, uh, uh, you remember when, when there in Mark chapter 9, when the epileptic son was there uh, and, and Jesus was talking to the father. And right when he was talking to him, the kid 
falls down and, and has a seizure. And, 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 and so Jesus doesn't, doesn't get panicked, doesn't do anything. He, he turns to the father and says, how long has this been going on? Now, the kid's, you know, in a fit right now, right? Having epileptic fit. You know, he's probably, he's probably drooling. He's probably twitching. He's on the ground. And Jesus is, you know, has uh, this been going on a long time? You know, not panicking, not, not concerned about it. Just Jesus had that way about him, that he was just never under pressure. Uh, but sometimes we allow our personalities to drive us in who we are, and we feel like we've, we have to be that person yeah, or be that person all the time. And that's kind of the way Dr. Yeomans was. She was compelled to be that, I always have to be on, I always have to be accessible or doing things. And it drove her to start using morphine to be able to, to, to do that, to be uh, available and, and uh, on 100% of the time all the time. Uh, and you're really not designed to be that way. You, you, you have to have sleep. You know, there's no way that you can't have sleep. Uh, and um, uh, even, you know, sometimes Jesus would pray all night, but sometimes eventually he would sleep, right? Uh, and so you know, he was living in a physical body. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, why that is, doctors don't really know. I mean, they kind of get some, they know what happens if you don't get sleep. They don't really know why we need sleep, you know. I mean, uh, I mean they have some some ideas about it, but... Uh, you know, um, they don't really know why, if you know, what's the exact reason why we have to have sleep. Uh, and so they just know what happens if you don't get it. So people like Dr. Yeoman just were driven to be that way. And so she got hooked on drugs in order to allow herself to be who she was 100% of the time without any rest. And, and, and so then she kind of wakes up one day, I'm hooked on these drugs. I've got to get off these drugs. They're controlling my life. And she was a doctor, you know, she knew better, right? She was a doctor. She knows what these things did. Uh, and, um, and yet she did. She got hooked on it. So, you know, no, no, don't ever, uh, some people get so judgmental about other people that get hooked on, uh, on drugs or even smoking or, or anything, you know, bad habits, you know, uh, whatever it is. And, and people get so judgmental about other people. And it's like, you know, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know. I mean, once that thing grabs a hold of your physical body, getting rid of that without the help of the Lord is really hard. Now, it can't be done. There are, there are rare and exceptional people who sometimes can just go cold turkey on that. But many times people need help to get back off of that thing, whatever that thing is, right? And so uh, don't be so harsh on people because the, the drive to, to consume that. And, and, and you know, I've never done any drugs. In fact, I've never even smoked a cigarette in, in my whole life. And people look at me like, oh, you know, you don't even know what it's like to live. Well, you don't know what it's like to be free, you know. Uh, you know, I live in freedom all the time. But, um, uh, but, so, but I have, you know, heard of people that say, you know, if you ever uh, do things like, uh, uh, like uh, do meth, you know, uh, meth is, uh, and if, if you ever look at the ingredients of, of meth, uh, it's, it's horrible. It's like bleach and, and rat poison. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it, it's terrible stuff, right? And then they cook it. Uh, and, and, if, and if it explodes, you know, it'll destroy an entire building, you know, and so it's terrible stuff that people put in their bodies. Uh, but they tell you that if you ever get on meth, uh, that uh, you'll spend the rest of your life trying to reach that same high that you got the very first time, because whatever it is, the very first time you take it, you, you never can re- replicate that particular high. And so, uh, and I know some of you are all involved in the medical industry, and, and you probably have seen or heard uh, plenty of stories like that. Uh, you know, my, my counsel would be just don't bother with it. You know, don't, why do you need drugs? Uh, and people take drugs because they don't want to feel what they're feeling. And, uh, you know, I never want my mind to be cloudy. I, I, I've taken one 
pain pill in my life and didn't like it, you know, because I took it and my mind got cloudy. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like not having the clarity of my mind. Uh, and so that was my, my one, my, my one um, uh, bender was on one, one pain pill, you know. Uh, and look, I don't have a problem people taking pain pills. That, you know, whatever's fine. Uh, but um, it's easy to get addicted to this stuff, right? Uh, and I know in our, in our medical world, it seems as though doctors are more inclined to just write a prescription without trying to w- actually work with the, with the patient to find out what they really need, you know, what's going to be best for them, not what is easiest for them and what's easiest for the doctor, but what's best for the patient. Because some people are just more susceptible to that than others. More su- some people are more susceptible to being hooked on drugs than other people. And, um, and sometimes I wonder if doctors are really spending as much time as they need to with their patients to find the best answer for them. I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm not anybody's judge. I'm not in the medical industry, but I know that so many people are on prescription medication, you know, for, for, um, for a mental illness, uh, you know, for, for pain medication, you know, for different things that are very strong medications and, uh, and it affects their personalities, affects their minds. And, uh, and, uh, me personally, I just don't want anything that affects that, you know? And so, uh, <clears throat> and so in all of that stuff, always be careful about not judging somebody who's uh, been involved in that. You know, uh, if, even if they're involved in it right now, don't judge people about, you know, well, you know, just get over it. Just go cold turkey. Well, you know, that's easy for you to say in the cheap seats, right? Uh, and so... Uh, yeah. I was talking to a girl yesterday, and I, I do, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm amazed at my church how many people are on antidepressants that you would never think would Yeah. Because <laughs> I was kind of one of those ones where I kind of get a little judgy. Yeah, what's wrong with you, you know? Yeah, well, you know, I just, I think there's some natural things you can take. Well, sure. won't be so addicted. But anyway, she said, you know, you can't win either way. She said, I'm bipolar, I'm on medication for it, so I act more normal. But then she said, I get it from both ways. She said, you know, if I'm not on it, people think I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand that, uh, but you know, from the standpoint of faith, I would never say I'm I'm bipolar, right? You, you know that, and and I know that, uh, but most people don't know that. You know, I would never say it's my arthritis or my cancer or my blood disease. It doesn't belong to me, you know. And I wouldn't say I'm bipolar, you know. I don't care what the doctors say. I'm a child of God, uh, and uh, you know, I would I would speak to my because bipolar, at least you know what little I understand about it. They say it's there's it's a mis uh, uh, there's a, a, an error in your physical brain, right? So it's a physical organ problem. It's not a, it's not a psychological problem in the sense of the soulless realm. It's in your brain, right? Uh, and it's a chemical imbalance of some kind. And so they give you drugs, not that it fixes it, it just kind of masks it, right? And so, um, so if that's, speak to your brain, speak to your organ of your brain. Your brain, you straighten up, you know, have, uh, you, know, you get your whatever chemicals are out of balance, you get back in balance. And, and I don't, you know, um, I mean, that's how faith works, right? You speak to the problem. Uh, and, and again, that's not to judge people, but that's how you would get out of it, right? I remember a story one time I was taking, um, right here in Dayton, I was taking an adult education class, but there was an Excel class. And there, were, there was this really sweet, two sweet girls, and they were sisters that were in the class, and they were taking a few, and we all went to lunch together. And I don't even know how 
Yeah. And she said, No, God healed me. And she said they went to this little church, little Pentecostal church, and she she was just whacked out. Yeah. Manic depression. And she said they got in a circle around her. Yep. And they started praying and they prayed for power. Right. Yeah. The thing and she's thrashing, and they're like, you know, it's it's a little it's unnerving when you see somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. And they, and but the person who was leading us said, no, we're not calling anybody. We don't want to have seizures. Yeah. And God freed her. Wow. Got up and she never had another bipolar moment. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, you need to be led by the Spirit of God in those circumstances because you know Brother Hagin's had experience with psychological issues with 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 people and uh he said uh he said for a long time even after he was a minister uh he always uh psychological problems always uh really scared him he said because his mother was was probably bipolar and she would try to kill herself you know and take knives and you know the grandmother would go out and she would say now kenneth you watch you know your mom and if she grabs a, a knife come tell me right and he'd have to run out there, you know, but Grandma, you know, Mom's got a knife. She's going to stab herself or kill herself, you know, and they'd have to run in and take the knife away from her. That's pretty terrifying as a child, you know, and dealing with that. And, um, and so it, it took him a long time to get to where he wasn't in fear in dealing with that. But he dealt with, with um, uh, one lady in particular that she was in, in a psychiatric ward and just, you know, was, was uh, catatonic, you know, basically just wouldn't even function, couldn't respond, really barely would respond to, to stimuli. And, and, uh, uh, and so the, the daughter had asked him to come and pray, and uh, he went and prayed, and he, and he spoke to it. He, said, you know, he commanded her to leave her in the name of Jesus. That was what the Lord told him to do. Uh, and uh, in that case, it was, a, it was a spiritual, it was a demonic attack you know, on her physical body. So some, you know, uh, probably in the area of psychology, it's probably more often than not, it's a, a demonic force attacking somebody. It's not always that case. It could be due to, you know, some type of, of uh, chemical imbalance, but oftentimes it's due to some type of demonic attack on somebody. And so he commanded the spirit to leave her, and then nothing changed. He walked away, and, and um, a couple of days later, the daughter called, and, and just in a panic, hey, she's having a, she's having a seizure, just like in that case. He said, that's just the devil tearing uh tearing her before he leaves uh when the seizure's over that'll be the last one she has and she'll be fine and sure enough you know the seizure ended and she she was checked out of the hospital uh, weeks after that perfectly well and was well for for as far as he knew decades later uh, and so it's not unusual for that to happen that the devil kicks the dog on the way out the door uh and but you got to be led by the spirit of god in order to, to do that uh and so uh uh, and, you know, all of that gets into this area with uh, with uh, Dr. Yeomans that she'd gotten in, involved with this morphine uh, and it and it drove her life. It controlled her life. And, and so she spent her whole life 
trying to obtain it, you know, and, and, and being, uh, she had wasted away, you know, under 100 pounds uh, and um, was really on her deathbed. And, and so she was desperate to find anything. And so she somehow got a hold of these Christian scientist people. Uh, and um, and, uh, and uh, Miss Sue sent me some information about them. And, uh, and she's got some information about it in, in this book as well. Uh, but it was started by a lady uh, by the name of Mary Baker Eddy uh, uh, around, the, the, uh, around 1879 or so is when the Christian scientists started. Uh, and, you know, it's funny how a lot of these cults come up and they, 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 they kind of graft themselves onto the Christian world. You know, they can't just say, well, we're the, you know, the banana cult uh, because no, everybody thinks, well, that's dumb, right? But if you, if you have a sound pseudo-Christian, People will accept it many times. You know, people on the fringe of the Christian church, you know, the, because there's always people in a Christian church that's looking for more excitement, more, you know, uh, more interesting things about uh, spiritual things other than just God and what the Word says. And so these, these loony people like uh, Mary Eddy will create a cult uh, and they'll, they will get a bunch of people out of the church, you know, people that are on the edge of the church that are they're always looking to have their ears itched, you know, always looking for some spectacular cool thing and so uh she started this thing and, and she, she so she called it called it christian science uh, and um uh and, and says it says she attended church much in her early life uh, and a lot of people that start cults uh came out of the church came out of the christian church uh and and you know why why did you do that well there's a lot of reasons for that you know uh i know uh you remember we talked about the uh, uh the 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 bible with the oil right not long ago right it came through around in fact it came to dayton right uh and um uh, it wasn't so much a cult but it was cultish because it was ungodly right they made it up they, they made the whole story up they got it wasn't supernatural oil it was it was tractor supply oil uh and and i read a long it was a really a way too long of an article but i read the whole thing uh and the 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 impression i got after reading the whole thing is the reason they started is because these two fellows got mad at some church and they wanted to prove that they could have a movement without the leadership of the church because they got mad at some pastor or something. And, they, and so they wanted their own movement inside the church without the leadership of the church because all movements should be, uh, uh, should have some kind of spiritual leadership in that. You know, somebody called of God, somebody called to the ministry because uh, when you get people that are not called in the ministry, that are starting things, it's always a mess. And I could go through story after story of people who were not called to ministry, started some great movement of God, and it turns out to be a mess because uh, if you go back and find out why they started it, oftentimes it's due to rebellion, not due to God really was trying to do something. And so these two fellows got mad at some church. They wanted to kind of prove, hey, we can have move of God without any leadership in the church. And they did. They had a move. It wasn't of God, but they had a move, right? Uh, and fooled a lot of people. And, it's, and, 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 you know, their thoughts were, well, as long as people are happy, you know, it doesn't matter why we started this. As long as people meet God, it doesn't matter why we started it. It does matter. You're a fraud and you're lying and, and you know, you're, you're just like the devil. And I'm not mad at anybody, but uh, they misled thousands of people around the country. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the thing that's, that bothers me even more that they did that is that anybody was fooled by it. Because you've got the Spirit of God in you. You ought to be able to go. Pfft. I mean, when I first saw it, looked into it, it was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You know, people bragging about some Bible, you know, a printed book in a, in a, in a Tupperware tub of oil. I'm thinking, that, that, you're excited about that? 
you know, and it was all about the book. It was never about Jesus. It was never about the move of God. It was never about any miracles or, or people getting born again. It was about this book, this tub, and this tub of oil and a Tupperware tub. Uh, and, and yet thousands of people were misled by it. People came to my church. This church right here said, look, we got this oil. It's in a bottle. This will never run dry. Uh, you know, uh, and I'm still not quite where Lester Summerall, because if it was Lester, it's like, well, let's pour it out. Let's see. I'll pour it out right now. Let's see it, you know, because, you know, uh, and that's what I should have done. Is let's pour it out. I want to I see it get filled back up because it was a, it was a joke anyway. And, but I feel, I feel sorry for the people that were misled by that to a point because they, they live in the New Testament. They have the Spirit of God in them. They should know better. Uh, and so... You know, a lot of times people that start these cults came out of churches, right? Uh, I think uh, uh, Joseph Smith uh, came out of the churches, right? You know, even, even Hitler grew up as, as a, um, uh, uh, he felt like he was called to the ministry and he had done biblical studies. And he ended up being like the worst mass murderer, you know, that we know of, well, probably not the worst, you know, but, but the most, the most well-known murderer uh, in, in history. Uh, he, he grew up, you know, uh, going to Bible school and things like that. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of times it's the rebellion. It, it's really the same spirit that was on Judas. I mean, Judas was as close to the throne of God as you can get on the earth, working for the Lord Jesus. And yet he still forsook the Lord Jesus. Not in the same way that, that you know, Peter did, but Peter did it out of pressure and, you know, peer pressure and that sort of thing. And the Lord forgave him. But uh, Judas had a, was intent on, on uh, destroying the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, uh, you know, how is that possible? How is that possible? You'd be that close to Jesus and still rat him out. Uh, well, it's, it's when your natural desires are greater than your spiritual desires. And Judas's natural desires were for that money bag. Uh, and a lot of times, I have seen it many times, where people will desire to be in the ministry not because they're called of God, they, uh, I know one fella, he gets so jealous of the pastor because we'd all receive uh, offerings for the pastor. Well, I want to be a pastor because I want people to give me offerings. I want people to give me stuff. It's like, really? That's why you, you know, he would never say it, but you could tell that's why he wanted, I want people to give me things. It's like, really? I mean, if you gave me everything, you still wouldn't give me what I'm worth, you know? I mean, so, uh, you know, I don't say that, you know, I mean, you can well, decide what you think about that, but, uh, but I'm thinking, that's it? That's why you want to be in the ministry so people can give you things? Uh, you know how dangerous that is? You know, when you step into another man's office that you don't belong in? Yeah, it, it just, uh, and, and history is filled with people like that. You know, uh, Joseph Smith. I mean, how in the world anybody could follow uh, if you read that? What you know, it's made it up. It's all made up stuff, right? Uh, and if you look at the history of the Mormon Church and how their doctrine has changed significantly, right? Oh well, I know that's written in our in our book, but we don't really mean that, right? I mean, black people were horrible, you know, and should be off the face of the earth. It's very racist, you know, things that they've said, you know. And it's like, well, there's nothing like that in the Bible. The Bible says, you know, if you're if you're a child of God, you're a child of God. It doesn't say what color you are. It doesn't care about that. But you look at the things like the uh, Joseph Smith and their doctrine, it's like, well, you know, you can't really get around that, right? Uh, and the same thing with, with the, uh, uh, all the, the uh, Islamic people. You know, if you're not part of the, if you're not a Muslim, they, they have a right to cut your head off. Uh, well, hasn't anybody concerned about that? I mean, in, a, in our doctrine, in the Bible's doctrine, if you're, if you're not a Christian, our goal is to love you into heaven. Uh, and, and so... 
And that's never changed. It hasn't changed, not since Jesus was around, not since the Lord God was on the earth in the Old Testament. Uh, it has never changed. Our doctrine hasn't changed ever. So uh, uh, Mary Eddy started in a Christian church. Uh, whatever reason, she got out of it and wanted to start her own movement, and she did. She called it Christian Scientist. Uh, uh, and so uh, the, the root of Christian science is that we are all God. Uh, and that this natural, real world does not exist. So we're only in the spirit realm. So whatever we see is not even real. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, because of that, then there's no really, if we don't really exist in the natural realm, if we're only in the spirit realm, then everything we see is, is just, uh, it's false. And so therefore, there's no such thing as sickness because you don't really have a body. Uh, and so, and of course, if you read, read the book there, it talks about how, you know, someone goes, well, I've got a problem with my arm. And they go to a Christian science doctor and the Christian science doctor said, well, you don't really have any pain in your arm because you don't really have an arm. So if you could really get to that enlightenment, to that level of enlightenment, then you would never have any pain. Well, that's just really dumb. You know, I mean, most cults are really dumb if you, if you just look at it and go, well, it's really dumb, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so let's turn over to Romans chapter four, because. Uh, Romans chapter 4 it, uh, gives us the balance of how we're supposed to operate. But see, if you throw in the word Christian and you throw in the word spirit and a few words like that, you'll fool a bunch of people every now and then, right? Um, I mean, you could fool, you'll always get somebody who's foolish enough to follow you because they've got itching ears. They're always looking for the newest thing and the coolest thing. And, uh, and uh, you know, they're, they're not judging everything by the word of God. But see, Christian scientists say that... Um, well, let's read what the Word says about how the Lord operates, and then we'll see how the Christian scientists are in direct opposition to that. So it says here in Romans chapter 4, in verse 17, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. So this is talking about how Abraham came to be Abraham, right? That the Lord called him. He said, I have made thee a father of many nations. Now, he said that I have made you, past tense, the father of many nations, prior to him ever having any children. And see, that's the way the Lord sees it, right? The Lord sees uh, the way things are before that's the way things are. Uh, and, and so he goes on and says, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So faith calls things into existence that don't exist. Uh, faith calls those things which, which be not as though they were, because that's faith, right? Faith, uh, Mark eleven twenty four says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them, right? You believe that you receive them prior to you having them. Because that's the way the Lord operates. The Lord said, I have made thee a father of many nations prior to him actually being manifested as the father of many nations. Uh, and so the Lord calls those things which, which be not as though they were. Christian scientists call those things which be as though they are not. Well, you don't really have any pain. See, they really have pain, but they're saying that you don't have pain. So I'm going to call all those things which be as though they're not. Uh, and, and, you know, you can play some mental games and, you know, pain is just a receptor in your brain saying, hey, that hurts. You know, pain is, 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 in essence, just your body telling you that it hurts. So, I mean, what does it even mean? It only means what your, what your brain tells you it means. And so they use, try to use psychology, psychological methods to stop being in pain. But they do that in direct opposition to the way the word works, right? Well, you're not really in pain. Uh, you need to tell that to my body because my body is telling me a different story, right? Yeah. Uh, but see, in their, in their cult... If you can get to that level of enlightenment that, 
that you can declare that you don't have any pain, calling those things which be as though they are not, see, then you can get out of that. And, and she was desperate, right? She was looking for anything that, that uh, she could get to help, right? And of course, it's really dumb, and so you can't really do that. It's not the way the Lord designed things to be. Uh, and, but see, uh, it, it's kind of like, you, you know, the story of the emperor's new clothes, right? One of, to me, it's one of the greatest uh, uh, children's stories of all time. But, you know, they had this king, and, uh, and of course, he loved to be bragged on and all these things. And so, uh, so uh, he wanted new clothes. And so this guy thought, well, I got a great scam. You know, I'm going to go tell the king I can make clothes that, that only special people can see. Uh, and so, uh, and if they're special, then they'll see these amazing clothes, you know, otherwise if they're not special, then they won't see it. So basically he didn't make them anything, right? He just made it up, said that I'm going to make you clothes that only special people can see. So because people are prideful, they're going to say, well, did you see those clothes? Oh, oh yeah, I saw them. But they really weren't any clothes there, right? And so the, the king now walks down through the, through the town naked and everybody's going, oh, look at those wonderful clothes. Because he tell, told everybody, if, you, if you're special, you can see these clothes, right? And only, only if you're special. Uh, and so the king's basically walking through naked because so the, the guy wants money, right? And, and the only way he can compete against all the other uh, people making clothes is to, is to lie like that and say only special people can see these clothes, right? Uh, anybody ever know that story, right? It's just a great story, right? Emperor's new clothes. Uh, and so, uh, but he's walking down the street and one of the, one of the, the children go, hey, how come he's naked? Because <laughs> the kids are, are smart, right? And, and they don't have any pride. They don't know, you know, so how come a king's naked over there? Uh, and a lot of people, that's the way they are. They're too prideful to admit that, you know, uh, I really am hurting, but I can't say I'm hurting because then I wouldn't be enlightened like the Christian scientists say I'm supposed to be enlightened, right? And so they never actually admit that they're not in pain, even though they're, they're in horrible pain, Right. Uh, and so that's kind of the emperor's new clothes, right? And, and because it just talks about the, the, the pride that people will have. Uh, and so, so the Christian scientists are in direct opposition to the way the, the word works. So the way the word works is call those things would be not as though they were. So uh, you, you don't say, I don't have any pain. See, that, that's saying, that's calling those things that be, which is the pain, as if it's not. So that's not how you operate in faith. You don't call those things which be as though, as though they are not. You call those things which be not as though they were. So you say, I'm healed. Because what you don't have is healing. So you, you claim the healing uh, that you don't have as if you have it. Uh, and so that's how faith works. So Christian science works by saying, I don't have any pain. So uh, now you can call, you can speak to the pain. You can command it to go, which is fine, right? Jesus spoke to the fear uh, and other sicknesses and commanded it to go. Uh, and so, uh, you know, but you're not saying it doesn't exist. You're, you're acknowledging it does exist and you're commanding it to go in, in that case, right? Years ago when I was dating a guy and the first time he was healed, he was adamant the first time he was healed. Go out of books that talk about he had been used. But I remember one of the things he told me Mm-hmm. You don't focus on that. You focus on the end result, and that does change your thinking. But that's what started me on the road to, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, you know, and that and that's probably the way that most of the time that uh, that Jesus operated. But sometimes he did speak to the specific problem, right? 
Uh, and so we want to make sure we keep, keep the balance in that. Um, but, uh, you know, with this cult, you know, they would say things like, you know, we follow the Bible, you know. And most cults would say, well, we follow the Bible. We just, we just have more information than the Bible, you know. Uh, and, uh, of course, anytime I hear things like that, that's, you know, like a dog whistle to me. It's like, you know, I perk up. It's like, what would you just say? You, you know more than the Bible? You know, end of discussion, right? And then uh, we've got to move on from there, right? Uh, but they'll, you know, they'll, and they use the same pride uh, that the emperor's new clothes uh, had. They talked about how they, they have found more revelation than the average person has because they're so spiritual, right? And so by saying that, it, it preys upon the pride of people that, well, I want to be spiritual. I want to have revelation. I want to be able to say that I've got more revelation than your average person. So I'm going to lie and say I've got that revelation that I'm living at a higher plane that other people live. And so it all sounds good, but it's all founded in pride, right? It's all founded in, in I'm better than you and, uh, and that uh, I'm part of the special only the select few can be in this realm, right? Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of new age things came out of the Christian scientist uh, uh, doctrine, you know, they may not be Christian scientists per se, but they're still new age. And, uh, and there was some, uh, I remember a friend of mine went to a new age uh, church one time just to, you know, kind of, it was opposition research, right? To find out what, what they believe. And, uh, and they got up and said, well, you know, see right here in, in the book of Genesis where it says the Lord put Adam to sleep and took the rib out, you know, and made Eve. But notice, it never says that Adam, that Adam woke up. So right now, we're all still asleep. And when we wake up, we'll be Jesus. And that's their, that was their doctrine, right? And it's like, you know, it's the dumbest thing, you know? I mean, but isn't that dumb? But, but see, see, you can't say it's dumb because then you're not part of the select few. You go, oh, yeah, that's, that's profound. That is deep. It's deep, you know, it, it, but it's not deep, like, you know, uh, really deep, right? Uh, and so... They'll talk about how they've got greater revelation. And any time that you've got doctrine where people are saying, well, this doctrine makes us more special than other people. See, you're in trouble right there, right? I mean, even though, you know, I don't understand in a Pentecostal world we believe in healing and other people don't believe in healing, but that doesn't make us special. That makes us, I mean, uh, if you go read Luke 17, Jesus said, uh, don't, don't ever act like, uh, in, in fact, if you go to the end of, of Luke, uh, Luke 17 there, I think the end of, of Luke 17 kind of keeps us uh, in the right balance there, right? Uh, and so Jesus said here, uh, he said, uh, uh, of course, this is talking about faith here, but at the end of verse 10, he says, so likewise ye, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. See, just because we believe in healing, we believe in speaking in tongues, and we believe in those things, they see, that, that makes me just only doing what I'm supposed to do. That makes me barely adequate to, to be a child of God, a servant of God. Uh, I'm not special because I believe in healing and believe in speaking in tongues. I'm not more special than the Christian over there. From God's perspective, I'm just mediocre still, right? I mean, I'm just, just doing only what I'm told to do. And, and so I can't get in pride because, I, well, I know about healing and you don't know about healing. Uh, that'll get you in trouble every time, right? And so verses like uh, Luke 17, 10 kind of, keep us in the right space, right? It keeps us in the, in the right attitude, not that we're uh, uh, thinking, because a lot of churches will say, well, you need to come to our church because we're special. The church over there is not special, but we are special, so you need to come to church here, right? And, and as soon as you do that, you know, you think that you're going to be enhanced by diminishing somebody else. Uh, and and you, you can never uh, make your light shine brighter by putting somebody else's out, right? And, but a lot of times people will do that. They will try to compete 
and say, you know, uh, and I remember even years ago when I was with my pastor, somebody stood up in the church and said, Pastor, you know, I just want to thank God I go to church here. This is the best church ever. You know, I've been to other churches and, and they're not nearly as good as this one. I mean, if you were one of you stood up, said that I, 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 as nice as I could say, please sit down, you know, because we are not competing against any other church and we're not going to have competition against any other church. Uh, it's none of my business what that other church down the street does, whether they're right or wrong. Uh, I am not in competition with them. We're all on the same team. Amen. Uh, and so uh, and, and, and you can't say this is the best church because how would you know? Have you been to every other one? Unless you've been to every other one and you're willing to judge every church, which that's not your job. Uh, and, and I've heard people say, you know, that pastor over there, they're, they're not very good. You know, they're, they're really, that pastor over there, it, you know, they're really uh, good with old people. They're not good with, with young people, right? You know, so they're not really for me. Mm. That's a shame that Jesus was only good for old people, you know? Mm. Wasn't Jesus good for everybody? Mm-hmm. Well, you can't just say that and... I mean, are you their judge? Or did you call them? I mean, it's just, you know, just foolishness like that, stuff like that all the time, right? Well, I can't go to... I had somebody say, I, I can never go to a small church. God doesn't go to small churches? I mean, you know, uh, what's, it, what, what's it even mean? I can't go to a small church, you know? Well, yeah, I just, I need a big church. What, what's that even mean, right? You go to whatever church you, God calls you to. If you got, God calls you a big church, praise God. If God calls you a small church, praise God. What's it, what's it even mean, right? Uh, and so but people, you know, well, Lord, I'll do whatever you want to as long as it meets these criteria right here. You know, they got to have a playground, got to have a good kitchen, you know, got to have, you know, nice, at least four-inch padded chairs, you know, three inches aren't good enough. Four inches, you know, minimum, right? Uh, got to have a good HVAC system, right? I mean, it can't be more than 72 degrees in the wintertime and you know, 68 degrees in summertime, you know, but if it's beyond that, Lord, you know, I, I can't go there, Lord. I just no way I can go there. Uh, uh, you know, and, you know, and people do that all the time. I'm just glad that that position of, of the head of the church is not up for hire, because if it was me, it'd be like, you know, just zap. I'd be zapping people every day, just zap you and zap you, you know, just, don't, you know, just tell me you can't go to church because of the number of chairs in the building. He's like, what does that even mean, right? Uh, and so, so she, so she spent a lot of the, that, uh, uh, a lot of this chapter talking about that topic you know, uh, about the Christian scientists. And I, and I remember, you know, if you go back in church history, this cult was really popular. You know, I'm sure it's diminished significantly since then, but, but back at that day, because the late 1800s was, was kind of a, an awakening period of the church, and, and, and you know, the, the, the Joseph Smiths were around there, the, the Christian scientists were around there. There was a lot of cults that were rising up out of the church at that point in time, because a lot of evangelism was going on. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so they were... Um, Charles Finney was around that time, you know, uh, there was a lot of big names and big movements in the church around that time. And of course, that was after right after the uh, uh, the Civil War in the United States. Uh, and so there was a lot of a lot of movement. Right. A lot of times what happens, you know, when there's peace and prosperity, a, a lot of weird things start happening. Right. Uh, you know, when, when time when there's times of war and times of uh, great famine and great uh, conflict, people don't have time to be stupid. Right. They got they're trying to survive. But then when things get calm and things become prosperous, people become really dumb, right? And, and, and they'll do things like this. And so, so it was a really big movement at that time. You know, it's still around today, but you don't hear it nearly as much of it today. Uh, and so, so she went, uh, uh, in fact, she talked about how she'd first gone to um, <clears throat> uh, about some older Christians uh, for prayer for her addiction. Uh, and uh, she said that many of them made excuses of why they wouldn't pray for her. Uh, and she said uh, her, her, uh, her statement was 
they were ashamed to confess that they didn't believe the word of God. And so, she, you know, she did really what she should have done. She, the Bible says, is, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And that's what she did. She called for the elders of the church. And the problem is the elders that she called, none of them believed in healing. And that's a real, that's a real shame uh, uh, against the church, right? Then when she did what the word of God says, call for the elders of the church. And she said they were, they were too ashamed to confess that they didn't even believe the word of God. Uh, you know, and I told you the story with Charles Finney uh, that uh, he, was in, he was in a prayer group one time. And one time they said, uh, uh, Charles, you got any prayer requests? He said, well, yeah, he said, but I'm not going to give them to you because uh, you guys never get your prayers answered, so it's a waste of time. Uh, you know, he was going to some, you know, kind of as, as a lawyer, he went to the, the highfalutin church in town because that's where you're supposed to go. You're supposed to go to the respectable church, you know, and, and look respectable. And so he was being, doing his job of, of looking and being respectable. This is before he was really called to the ministry. Uh, and so he's like, it's a waste of time to tell you none of you ever get your prayers answered, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, and it was, you know, there's a fair, fair criticism, except he was still going, right? And so, uh, so, she had, she, so she had done what she did, what she's supposed to have done, right? Uh, and to me, it's a shame when you go to the church and you don't get the help that you need. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and, and now look, when uh, uh, I, think, I think I've told you a story before, but um, when, when, uh, I was, uh, uh, I, I grew up in New Hampshire and I, and I was about six years old. Uh, I saw what was some, uh, what I believe was some kind of spirit being in my house. And I don't know what it was, but when I saw it, you know, fear got upon me, uh, and, and, and I became afraid of the dark, you know, before that I was never afraid of the dark, but I, but I saw that. Uh, and, and so, uh, what I would do is at night, I would just move my head back and forth to, uh, because if I could move my head back and forth, it would, it would make noise and I couldn't hear the, the monster sneaking up to get me, right? Uh, that, so that was the way that I fixed the problem when I was six years old, right? And, and so, uh, but that became so ingrained in who I was that I did that for years. Uh, uh, and, and so uh, <clears throat> even after, you know, I went to high school, graduated high school, went to college, graduated college, got married, still doing it, right? Uh, and uh, Chris always uh, had great compassion for me, and so if I'd start doing that at night, she'd kick me, right? Uh, and, and, and so, you know, and, and so that's how she dealt with it, you know, and, and so, uh, uh, so, but I knew it was a problem, and even in prayer, you know, the Lord, the Lord showed me that, that it was a, a demonic presence. I wasn't possessed with the devil, but it was a, it was a demonic oppression in my life, uh, and I saw it, but I didn't know how to deal with it, you know, I was a fairly young Christian, and so I went to uh, one, one minister and said, Hey, you know, the Lord showed me this, you know, can you help me? Cause I just, I knew if I could just get somebody to, to hook up with me and then do their job, I would get, I would get, uh, freedom from it, you know? And, uh, it's the funniest thing. And I never, I still to this day, I don't understand it, but, uh, you know, I set up this meeting with a pastor and, and I had a conversation with him. He, hey, you know, can you pray for me for this? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Why don't you come down to the, to the church, you know? And so I went down the church and, and so he had me taking apart a, a, uh, a, an old building over there and had me go down with him to buy some stuff at the store over there and had me just doing stuff for him around the church, you know, and I was like, do, do, am I supposed to earn this or something? I mean, you know, I came to get some help. And at the end of the day, he kind of prayed some lame prayer and nothing happened, you know, and, and I knew when he prayed, it's like, there's no faith in you what you're saying. Uh, and so I didn't get any help. And so years later, I went to another, an assistant pastor this time uh, and uh, said, hey, so this has been going on for years, right? So, so I went to another, another pastor, assistant pastor this time. 
He said, here's what the Lord showed me. He said, he said this, it's a demonic influence, and, and I just need somebody that'll pray for me and, and get this out of my life. And he looked at me and said, you don't have any problems with devils. I'm like, you know, I'm not making it up. And even if I was making it up, that's where my faith was. My faith was, pray for me, and it'll leave. Well, what's wrong with that? You know, to sit there and, oh, you ain't got a problem with devils. And, and you know, uh, it wasn't like I was saying, you know, every morning, you know, uh, my socks are switched left and right foot, and, and that's because of a devil, right? The devil's doing that every day. It wasn't stupid like that. It was, I can't sleep. Uh, and I'm having problems sleeping soundly. Uh, and, and the Lord showed me that it was due to demonic oppression. If you'll pray for me, it will leave. That was the, that was the deal. Well, you don't have a problem with the devil. <laughs> so there's two strikes, you know, right there, right? I mean, you think you go to the ministry to get help. Uh, and it's a shame when you go to the ministry to get help. Now, these are spirit-filled Tongue-talking churches, I'm talking about. These are, these are not people who don't believe in those types of things. I don't believe in the devil. They believe, believe the devils, but they didn't believe, you know, me, uh, I guess. And so, so the Lord spoke to me and said, yeah, go to the Word. Uh, and the Bible says that he'll give his beloved sweet sleep. You know, there's two verses, one in Psalm 127 and one in Proverbs 13. Uh, if you put them together, it says that, that he will give his beloved sweet sleep. Hey, then I... Then, once I got the word, then I'm good. Because see, I didn't know there was Bible for that. The Lord said there's Bible for that. Okay, I'll go look it up. You know, oh, there's Bible for that. So if there's Bible for that, then he didn't say I can have sweet sleep unless there's a demonic oppression in my life. He said I can have sweet sleep. So I just, you know, now this has been going on for decades, right? 20 years plus now. Uh, and uh, I went to bed uh, for every night. I'd say, Lord, I thank you. I have sweet sleep. And within like two weeks, it was gone. And, and never been back, right? And that's been, now we've been married for 32 years, right? So we were probably married uh, four or five years during all that time uh, after having been doing it since I was just six years old. Now, but, it's, you know, to me, it's a shame that when you go to the ministry, you don't get help. That's, that's because where, where else do sheep go? If you can't go to the ministry and get help, where else do they go? There's nowhere else to go. Uh, and so she went, she did her job. She went to the elders of the church. I need help. Uh, yeah. Sorry, we, we don't really believe in that. Um, so there's, there's, we don't know what to do to help you. I mean, it, and that's really the, the, the problem in the church as a whole, that when the world needs help, who are they going to go to? When the world is in, is in desperate need for a miracle, where are they going to go? You know, they need to go to the church. That's where they should go, right? But if the church is not believing in miracles and supernatural intervention uh, in, the, in the course of your life, uh, where, where else can they go? Well, they'll go to the cults, right? They'll go to some of these cults have got some real things going on, right? Uh, now, you know, uh, Christian science is kind of a dumb cult. It's not even an interesting cult, right? But, um, but there are plenty of people who go to Christian science because somehow they get relief, right? In some cases. Now, she didn't get any help at all, uh, but she went to, she went to the church, uh, no help at all. So, uh, and so she said she went outside the church, and, and she said, uh, she said, I did not know the Bible then as I do now. So, so she did know a little bit of the Bible, but she didn't know it like she should have. And so uh, she went somewhere and they used some Bible words, right? Use some Bible phrases. Uh, but then, you know, we're, we're above all that. You know, we're, we're special here, uh, you know, played to her, her pride and those things. And so, um, uh, so she didn't know the Bible then as she did now. She was easily influenced then by the Christian scientists. Uh, and and um, uh, and that's really the flaw in the church's right to, as a whole. We don't know the Bible, uh, and so 
but we do know, we do sense in our hearts that there's a greater power there. All of us are spirit beings, right? And if we're all Christians, we all have a sense that there's more there. Well, of a sense, there's a greater power available to us. We don't know maybe where, where it is or how to get it, but all Christians know that there's greater power available if we could just figure it out. And it's not really that hard to figure it out. We just read the Word is all we have to do to figure it out and believe the Word, right? Uh, I mean, you can read the Word, and Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. So has Jesus gone to the Father? Yes. Then we ought to be doing greater works than Jesus did, if that's what, if what he said is so. Uh, and we all know that. We all sense that that's true in our hearts. But then we go to the church and we look for it. and It ain't there. Mm. It, I mean, it, there's no power. Where's the power? And we're looking over that cult. They got all kinds of power. At least they look like they do. We look at our church. It's dead and nothing going on. We look at the cult. And, and where, where are we going to be drawn to? Your spirit desires spiritual things. Uh, and so, so she, that, that's where she went there. And so, in fact... Uh, when she uh, uh, had gone to the, uh, to the Christian scientists, uh, they said they've discovered a new revelation in the Bible because a lot of their doctrine is based upon snippets of Bible phrases. And, they, and they'll put this together and this out of context and out of context and say, see, all of us together shows we have a new revelation that nobody else has got. Uh, and uh, anytime somebody tries to sell you goods that they've got a new revelation, it ain't it ain't a new revelation, right? It's uh, in fact most most things, most cults that arise in the church. If you look in the history of the church, it ain't new. It's been around, you know. I mean, it's like that thing with the Bible. You know, you go back in the '80s. There there was some lady uh, that she could shake her hair and gold flakes would come out of it, right? And be oh, it's the power of God. And another lady would raise her hands and feathers would come out of her sleeves, right? It's the power of God. And I remember one of them, uh, uh, any, anybody remember uh, Willie George? He used, to, he used to do a lot of children's stuff, you know, and then he, uh, he's doing other things now, I think. Uh, but he had a big television ministry at the time. So he had all, had all the television equipment. And so he filmed her, filmed the lady that I got feathers, you know. Uh, and and uh, he filmed her and watched it in slow motion, and she was, she was uh, pulling these feathers out of her sleeves. Uh, nothing on my sleeves except for feathers, right? And so they were just chicken feathers. They say they thought they were Holy Ghost feathers, but they were chicken feathers. And the Holy Ghost is not a dove anyway. People say, oh, he's a Holy Ghost. He's not a chicken. He's not a real dove either. He's like, like a dove, right? It was not actually a dove. It was like a dove. Uh, and and you, if you just read the Bible, it says, he didn't say he was a bird. You know, it's like, well, like a pigeon or something. He just, he lighted upon them like a dove, right? In other words, he came down gently upon Jesus uh, and the disciples it wasn't like a bird, you know. It's like, wow, it's a bird, you know. It's a plane. No, it's, maybe it's Superman, right? Uh, no, it's, uh, but see, so she's the power of God. And it was chicken feathers. And the church is like, oh, it's the power of God. Look at that. Chicken feathers, right? Uh, and who, who was getting attention? She was. And again, that's, uh, uh, you, want, you want a really easy way to find out if something's of God or not? Who's getting the glory? Right? Does God get the glory or does chicken feathers get the glory? Does God get the glory does a, or does a, a Bible in a Tupperware tub get the glory? If it's the Bible getting the, the glory, the physical Bible, God ain't getting the glory. It's the Bible getting the glory. Uh, and so, you know, some things ought to be easy, right? But they, they're hard for us, amen? Uh, but you've got the Spirit of God in you. you. You have the capacity right now to never be fooled again the rest of your life if you'll be, if you'll be willing to listen to your spirit man because your spirit man will go, the Holy Spirit be like, but, you know, but if you want to be cool, oh, I got to be, I got to get on that wave. You know, I got to, you know, 
when they came to, to Dayton, you know, they, oh, you know, you got to come over there. I ain't going over there. No, I wasn't afraid. Oh, if I get over there, the devil will get on me. I ain't afraid. You know, I just don't want to get oily. You know, it's like, well, you know, just, uh, I don't want to support something that was ungodly, you know. Uh, and so now if the Lord said to go to, you know, sometimes you got to go for, for uh, opposition research. If he said to go, I'd have gone. But, you know, I, I could care less about going, you know. But I, I can't tell you how many people came to me. Oh, it's, a, it's of God. You know, and I, I didn't t- tell a single one, not one of them, that they're wrong. Not my job to be their Holy Ghost. And they didn't, and they didn't ask me, what do you think about it? <laughs> you know, uh, well, sorry, you know, why would you ask me? I've only been in ministry a dozen years, you know, so, you know, what do I know, right? Uh, but, um, you know, it's God. Really? Is that right? Okay, well, you know, maybe God's in tractor supply. I don't know. But, uh, and so, so, uh, so, so they had discovered a new revelation in the Bible. Uh, anytime somebody says that, red flag should, should go up in your heart, right? Alarm bells should go up. Be cautious, right? Uh, because in all the years that I've taught, uh, I've never had what I would consider a new revelation. Now, I've had revelation that builds upon other revelations, but uh, everything I've ever, every new thing the Lord's ever showed me is really just an extension of what other people have already had of every revelation. There's nothing that I believe I know that's so brand new that nobody's ever had anything like that, that it's so brand new that it completely changes all of our doctrine. Uh, I, I would be suspect of anything like that that the Lord would show me. Lord, you have to give me 100 verses for that. And they've all got to fit, and, and they can't be anything new. Uh, and I'd be very skeptical if the Lord said anything like that. Uh, and so uh, and at one time, she broke her arm even. She went to a Christian science uh, doctor, and he said... Uh, that you really didn't have an arm. So it's really not broken. That, that's what the doctor said. Because if you live in a spirit realm, you don't really have a physical body. So therefore, you don't really have a broken arm. And when you get to that enlightenment, you know, then, then, um, uh, then you'll realize you don't really have an arm. So therefore, it's not hurting and it's really not broken. Now, now to us that, that study the word of God, we think, well, that's the dumbest thing we've ever heard, right? Yet there's probably millions of people that have been involved in in Christian science, just like Scientology, right? It's the dumbest thing. I mean, you read about science, it's like, you really believe this gobbledygook uh, uh, alien stuff? And I mean, it's like the dumbest, but it's the intelligent people go there. Smart people, right? It's not just for the dumb people, it's for intelligent people who are still dumb, of course, because they're going to it. But, uh, you know, some of the the dumbest people are smart people, right? Uh, And so... Uh, you know, they believe all that stuff. Well, why? Because they don't want the church. See, the church requires you to be humble and to submit yourself to a greater power. They don't want to submit themselves to nobody, right? And a lot of times the, the, the driving force between, uh, the driving force for cults is pride. I don't want to submit to anybody. Uh, I want my own thing. Uh, and so, uh, and, uh, and in fact, she said later on that one of her arms became paralyzed. And another uh, Christian science doctor said the same thing, that she didn't really have an arm, so therefore, uh, it's not paralyzed. (laughs) And the thing is, see, she's a medically trained graduate with a doctor's, doctor, medical doctor's degree, right? A doctor of medicine degree, right? So she was in in school a gazillion years, and yet she still went to these people multiple times, right? Hey, you don't really have an arm. Now, she's a medical doctor. You don't really have an arm. Well, what is this? You know, I mean, that's not an arm. That's not an arm. It looks like an arm. It flops like an arm, right? Uh, and so, of course, you know, for us, 
I'm hoping that this is all foolishness to us when we think, well, how could anybody do that? But again, we don't need to be judgmental because in that regards, because, you know, sincere people will go follow this stuff because she was sincere. She went to the church. The church was no help. So she's desperate for help. So she's going anywhere that could find help. Uh, and so. Uh, so finally, you know, uh, she did have at least one Christian friend there who said, burn all your Christian science books. Uh, <clears throat> and, and which she did. Uh, and, uh, and she said that not, lo- not long after that, she did receive the true revelation of healing for her body, right? That she could be healed supernaturally by the power of God. Uh, and she was able to find that path uh, that uh, she got healed. But the, but the thing is, uh, in fact, I was reading after uh, some things that Brother Hagin said, and she's really followed the same path. You know, it should be that the church and the leadership in the church are showing people, you know, you can be healed. You can be healed. So that, so that you, as a spirit being, can, can, can uh, witness in your own heart, you know, I can be healed. The, the pastor said it. My Bible says it. The Spirit of God in me says that it's so. So I've got three witnesses right there that says I can be healed. Well, then I can be healed. But see, she didn't have that witness. She had to find that on her own. And, and Brother Hagin was talking about how um, that, that revelation uh, is easiest to learn when somebody teaches it to you. Because the Spirit of God in you can bear witness with you that that, spirit, that, that uh, doctrine is correct. That the doctrine, for example, for healing is correct. <clears throat> you know, anybody who is, is willing to listen to their spirit, man, you know, when I get up and say that it's God's desire to heal you every single time without exception, the Holy Ghost in you should say, yeah, that's right. That's 100% right. Now, your flesh may go, I can't be right. You know, your mind go, I ain't right. But your spirit, man, will go, well, that's right. And he said, it's always easier to learn because the Lord set it up that way, right? Remember in Ephesians 4.11, or that he gave the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for the perfecting of the saints, right? Number one responsibility of the ministry gifts is to cause the saints to grow up, to grow up how? To grow up spiritually. Uh, by teaching them what the revelation of the word of God says uh, so that uh, it should be pretty easy. I'll just get up and say, hey, spirit's on the body. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, God wants to heal you. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, God wants to fill you with the spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because the Spirit of God on the inside of you is always bearing witness with that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes uh, these men and women of God looked around, couldn't find anybody to church. You know, people would go to Brother Hagin's deathbed, you know, when he, when he was sick and, and fully paralyzed. <clears throat> and they'd say, just hang on, brother. You know, it'll all be over before too long, right? And he's desperate to ask him a question, and he can't ask him a question because he's paralyzed. And they just hang on as best you can. It'll all be over before too long. Uh, and... <laughs> You know, I'm sure when they all get to heaven, they'll go up to brother. Brother, I'm sorry I ever said that, you know, uh, brother, no problem. You know, uh, I forgave you a long time ago, dummy. Uh, and so. Uh, but, you know, when, when the people go to the, when the when the sheep go to the church for help and there's no help, it could take them years to find the right answer. Now, thank we're thankful that Dr. Yeomans found the answer, that Brother Hagen found the answer. But it was in spite of the church. It wasn't because of the church. It was, in, you know, in opposition to the church. Uh, and, and so uh, things are so much slower when you've got to do it on your own. You know, we've been in we've been the church for 2000 years. It ought to be the easiest thing for people to get healed. It ought to be the easiest thing for people to receive the miracles of God. We've had 2000 years to figure it out. And yet people are still desperate. They go and go to church. And, you know, I, I know a neighbor friend of mine. He said he went to his church and said and went to the leadership in the church. Hey, you know, I really want to learn some more about healing. Can you guys teach that? Well, we don't believe in that. You know, he said, I've been going to church for five years. They've never taught a single message on healing. It's 
And I'm thinking, you know, you're talking to a pastor who teaches on healing all the time, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I didn't say, quit your church, come to my church. You know, it's not my job to tell them where to go to church. But I'm thinking, you know, that doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, and so, uh, so the people in the church desire to know the things of God. But the, it's, to me, it's, it's really the, the fault and the failing of the leadership in the church who uh, people who have chosen not to believe what the word says. Uh, and, and, and so, and that's one reason why we focus just on, on healing class, just on healing, because it's a big area. It's a big problem in the church, right? That there's so much sickness and disease and, and the level of sickness and disease in the church, you know, we're really, as a, as a whole, we're probably not any better than the world, right? As far as percentage of people sick and diseased. Uh, but what does that hinder us? If we're sick and diseased, we are unable to accomplish the very reason why we exist on the earth, which is to, to do the Great Commission, right? To go into all the world to preach the gospel. That's the only reason why we exist on the earth. If everybody had been preached to, we'd all be gone, be in heaven, right? If everybody received the gospel, we'd all be in heaven right now. Uh, and so the reason why the Lord Jesus has come yet, because the church hasn't completed its responsibility to, to preach the whole, the, to the whole world, the gospel, right? And to get people born again. Uh, and so, so that, that uh, at least one Christian friend finally helped her out by saying, burn the books. And when she did, she was able to find the revelation. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you've got to stop thinking like the world thinks and stop thinking like, uh, especially these cults think, but even like the world thinks. You know, the world, uh, the world's God oftentimes is the medical industry. You listen to how people talk and it's all about this medicine and that doctor and this new thing and that new thing. And it's all about, you know, these, uh, they elevate these natural things way above God. Uh, and, and much of the church grabs a hold of that and it talks just like the world, Right. Sounds just like the world. I've got this new thing over here. I've got this new thing over there. I've got this thing over here. Uh, and, and, you know, and no doubt that there's things that can help us, but we should never elevate anything above God. We live in divine health, divine health, health because of the divinity of God that lives on the inside of us, that because his spirit, the Bible says in Romans eight eleven that if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead uh, dwell in you, then the same spirit will quicken your mortal bodies or your death-doomed bodies. It'll cause your death-doomed bodies to be alive. That's what my Bible says, Romans 8, 11, right? That, and that's the way I think. I think I, I am alive and my body is energized by the Zoe life of God, the eternal life of God that lives in me, because uh, he said it would. He said it would cause this body who is otherwise death-doomed to become alive and to live a life that is, is uh, capable of accomplishing the will of God in the earth. Uh, and that's where we need to think. Everything else is secondary, right? Uh, eating my vegetables, secondary, right? Uh, you know, going for long romantic walks with my wife, you know, for exercise, that's secondary. I love it, still secondary, right? Uh, uh, my number one uh, health plan is the, the life of God lives on the inside of me. Uh, and, and that's really the priority that the church needs to give and make sure that we don't get that out of balance and elevate anything above the word of God and the faith of God. Uh, because if we're not careful, it's easy to fall into these kind of the same, not really a cult, but uh, where we elevate things above the word of God. Uh, and so, uh, so, so sometimes you've got to burn that bridge, right? Uh, and so um, I know we're a little late there. You guys want to answer the one question for this chapter? Hopefully you, can know, you know the answer to it, right? Uh, what's the one scripture that shows the foundation of the Christian science is not biblical? Romans 4, 17. It's not really part of her chapter. I added that verse there because it's really, to me, it, it shows the fault and the failings of the whole concept of the Christian science movement. 
that they are exact opposite to the way the, the, word, the word works, right? Uh, the Bible calls those things which be not as though they were. The Christian science calls those things which be as though they were not. Uh, and, and, uh, and a lot of Christians fall in it. I'm not sick, but you are sick. You know, you can't call those things which be as though they are not. You should say, I'm healed. That's calling those things which be not as though they were. Amen. So don't get into the mindset of the Christian science. I'm not sick, you know, <clears throat> I, don't have, I don't have this or I don't have that, but you do have that. <clears throat> and really, there's nothing wrong with saying you have that in the sense that, you know, my body is sick and, and <clears throat> it has the case of whatever. Now, I wouldn't call it my, you know, my arthritis or my whatever. Uh, I wouldn't take ownership of it. But, you know, you can say that, you know, right now I'm dealing with the flu or dealing with a cold or dealing with a headache. I, I don't have any problem with that. Many people in the church the, the uh, confession police, oh, brother, don't say that, right? Don't say that. Yeah. But you're not lying by saying that, and you're not being out of faith if you're saying that. You're just saying what's, what's going on in your life. Yeah, but you can follow it up with, but I'm the healed of God. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really how you should finish that statement, right? Uh, and so we don't want to fall into the, uh, <clears throat> we don't want to fall into the traps uh, of the Christian scientists, but we also don't want to fall into the traps of, of the confession police because then you're trapped. If you can't say, that you've got a cold, then how can you get healed? Right? They don't make any sense. Uh, and so people, uh, the confession police, well, don't say there's anything wrong with you. Well, that's really the Christian scientists, right? That's really the wrong, uh, the wrong attitude. Because does James say that if any of among you are what? Sick. Are sick. Well, if you say you're not sick, then there's no need for the elders. Uh, then there's nothing to do, right? And so, uh, you know, we, don't we get into foolishness in the church sometimes? Just like, just like the rest of the world does. Nothing wrong with saying that you feel bad, you know. But, you know, don't, uh, uh, and I, I know we'll go, but, but be careful of not turning that into a statement of faith. I always feel bad on Mondays. See, that's a statement of faith, right? Because that hasn't happened yet. So now your faith is to feel bad. Uh, so don't turn the statements of what you're dealing with into a statement of faith that's going to cause you problems down the road, amen? And, and sometimes we get into that problem, you know, every time it rains, you know, uh, every, uh, every joint aches, right? Well, now you're confessing things, right, in the negative sense. I, don't, I wouldn't confess that. No way I'd confess that. I'd, I'd confess every time it rains, I'm going to run a marathon, right? Uh, just, just to get my body straightened up, to line up with the Word of God. I ain't, I ain't saying that, you know. Or you just wait till you get older. I mean, people tell me, you just wait till you get older. Yeah, you wait till you get older, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be older. That's it. Yeah. I'm going to be older then than I am now. And that's going to be a true statement. But, you know, it, it's all going to start falling off. It ain't going to start falling off around here, you know. And so, uh, yes, ma'am. I spoke to my younger sister who lives in New York um, this past week. And uh, she, she's saying that she's having trouble with her legs. Well, and I told her, I said, well, um, I run. And she said, you run? I said, yeah, I can run. Yeah, there you go. All right, that's right. Yep. I was going to say I had somebody at church who, you know, she's she's an elder and she's an ex-weekend donor. <laughs> uh, we have questions. <laughs> but she said to me, and I know it was a demon speaking to her. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I said, but, you know, I've been through this before. I know it'll go away. Yeah. And she said, this is what she said to me. She said, well, you know, if you die, you won't have to go through this time of trouble. You know, <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I said I'm fine, and I and I want to live. And I just yeah. turned around and walked out. Well, she found out later went to one of the the doctor that she did. Yeah. Dental school friends, and she said, I think I really ticked Sue off. <laughs> and I said, Yeah, you really did. Ticked Sue's <laughs> faith off is what you did, right? So. I mean, I can't even believe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you can't even get people in your own church to hook up with your faith, you know, and, and, uh, and you know, I've told you my experience, right? Sometimes you can't even get the, the elders to hook up with your faith, which is unfortunate. But, um, uh, well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And, and uh, while you're doing that, you know, the, uh, I guess it's been a while because uh, with all the COVID stuff, we didn't get uh, any physicals last year. But uh, uh, like the last time I went to my doctor, said, how you how you feeling? Feel great. How you sleeping? Good every night. Uh, what medication are you on? Not on any. Uh, not on any medication? Nope. Uh, well, you know, uh, 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 what about that? Oh, yeah, that's working great, too. What about this? Yeah, that's working great, too. And, and, and uh, he said, you're disgustingly healthy. But then he said, but you just wait. It's all going to happen eventually. You know, it's all going to start happening pretty soon, you know. It's like, you were really good right up to that point in time. And then I can, you know, after that, like, no, no, you know, and I'll outlive you if I have to, you know, just show you, right? And, and so, uh, but uh, anyway, praise God. So, you know, I don't have a problem with people not hooking up my faith. My faith's fine without your faith adding to it, but, uh, you know, or your lack of faith, your doubt and unbelief. Uh, but um, uh, it is amazing, though. You know, sometimes you feel like you're all alone. I don't feel lonely and cry and sad about that, but, you know, sometimes you can't get any help from anybody. And, and well, that, I thank God that His Word never fails. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, uh, because now look around here, you get all the help you need, right? As far as healing, no problem, right? Uh, and so uh, if I hear you going to some some uh, Christian science trying to get some help like that, we're going to have words. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a failing grade in, in uh, uh, healing school. So <laughs> but anyway, praise God. We'll be blessed. Uh, we'll pick up uh, the next chapter next week and, and uh, we'll see you then.